Hey everybody, this is episode 50 of the Nitty Gritty Real Estate Podcast with the Tom J. Krieger team. And on this episode, we are talking about rent versus buying. Let's go. Okay, all right. Episode 50 of the Nitty Gritty Real Estate Podcast with the Tom J. Krieger team. Myself, Matt Beret. We have the beautiful Jill Paddock here. We are talking about renting versus buying, okay? Yes. We are both seeing and meeting a lot of homeowners who are looking to be first-time homeowners, get out of renting, but we're also seeing a lot of people who want to buy, are unable at this point, and need to rent a little longer. We're having some problems. Would you agree? I would agree 100%. We've okay. got quite a conundrum here, I think. Oh, quite a conundrum. <laughs> wow, that's a big word. I know, right? Um, Throwing some good ones at you. I know, seriously. It's because she was a teacher. Um so let's talk about rent versus buying. First okay. off, let's talk about inventory for rentals. You just mentioned this literally off air or in some sort of blooper role that we're going to put together that it's the same as the housing market right now, trying to find a rental. It is. I've actually had several people um, come to me looking for rentals, a friend, um, a friend of a friend, and it's brutal. Yeah. Um, it was extremely competitive. They were, you know, fifth and sixth in line. They were having to put in applications, not getting it, um, going over what they're asking for rent. It was very much the same as the housing market. And what got to me was the fact that, well, no, they're not in a position to buy at the moment. They could have gotten a house for cheaper, mm-hmm. for less per month. They could yeah. have gotten a house. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, like you said, like sometimes it's just not there, and you got to rent a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you got to, and that's true. Everybody's situation is different. Mm-hmm. You know, financial situation, familiar situation, everything's different. So, some people sadly can't afford to buy right now, and that's mm-hmm. okay. They're working on it, but they have to rent. And as you said, they are possibly being taken advantage of and having to pay more because of where we've come from in the last you know, 18 months. Um, and if we really boil this down, you know, the rental market has gone nuts. We had a lot of, we were talking about this a minute ago, a lot of landlords who were basically not being paid their rent on time and their tenants were living there, you know, kind of rent free. So landlords were losing money, you know, month over month over month over month, potentially 12 months of losing money. They then are legally allowed to evict that tenant when the moratorium ended. And they've got one or two things. You know, they've either lost 12 months of rent slash mm-hmm. income and they can sell the property and you know be done with it and cash in on their equity or they can increase their monthly rent to cover the loss and it's the renter that has to pay for it. You know, potentially sometimes doubling what the rent naturally would have been to what it is now to make up for that loss and renters have taken it in the shorts, basically. Yeah, they have. Um, and I mean, kind of like you said, you know, they're that mortgage is due whether or not the renter's paying. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of instances, I think, you know, the landlord is pulling from their own personal assets to cover the rent so that they don't, you know, go into default on their mortgage. Yeah. Um, and like you said, they're scrambling to try to make up for it. So they can evict a renter. Mm-hmm. They're going to look really quickly, you know, is it best to sell it and try to recoup the money and be able to put it back wherever it was? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, again, upping the price to try to recoup some of that money. Yeah. Now, there are people out there who, uh, and this, you know, absolutely shocked me. There, there was a recent report in the Journey Towards Financial um, Freedom survey that basically Americans don't feel that owning a home plays into their financial wellness. 
that to me blows my mind. It, and, I, and I can understand why, why some people wouldn't see that. But again, it still blows my mind. It blew my mind at first, too. And then I thought about it. And I was, you know, we're in it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So we see the value of somebody's house. We go for a listing appointment. We see what they owe on it. We see that the value is, you know, what kind of equity they have. So we're familiar with seeing that. I think a lot of people just, it's my house. I pay it. And in their mind, it's almost like they're paying rent. They're paying rent. And they're not taking into account that, I mean, we had a podcast, you know, a couple episodes ago talking about the crazy increase in the value of homes. And I think a lot of people forget that. Um, and I know the article you're talking about, we were looking at, it's in a way, it's a f- way of forced savings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've got to pay your your mortgage every month. But the great thing is you've got, for the most part, a pretty locked in rate. Um, you know, your, your taxes and your insurance can change that a little bit. But for the most part, you're not looking at dramatic jumps and you're just paying it because you got to live there. And you forget that, that house becomes worth more and more over time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, and that's so true because when you buy a house, you know, you're so excited about what's your monthly payment going to be, what's your interest rate, you know, all those kind of numbers. You buy the house, you close on the house. You can't forecast in three to five years' time, like, how much is my house going to be worth? Because, again, appreciation rates change. We were in the 5% appreciation rates until 2020 here, and now here we are at, like, 17.9% appreciation. You can't forecast that realistically. And homeowners, like you said, it's almost like they forget that they are living in an appreciation, appreciating asset, which is making them money, which... Again, it's funny because when you, whenever you hear or talk to somebody about buying a car, the first thing a lot of people say is, don't buy new, it's a depreciating asset. Yep. Like you're literally losing thousands when you walk, drive it off the parking lot. But you don't hear people in the same mindset stop people and say, why are you renting? Buy a house, that's an appreciating asset. They don't think like that. You they don't know? think like that. And I think especially first-time home buyers. They don't realize that it's actually attainable. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I think it seems like it's something, you know, especially if you've just been renting, you've got this in your head that like I have to have twenty percent down, I have to have fabulous credit, I like, and I think you build it to more than it is. Um, and if a lot of renters would take a look and talk to, you know, again a, a real estate agent knowledgeable in their area and a good loan officer, they can create a plan where they can buy something. It's not unattainable. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think a lot of people get locked into that, like I can never afford a house. Yeah. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. And so, and, and also what's A lot of renters, and I would say most renters don't realize that when they sign a rental agreement with a fixed monthly payment, and we'll just use easy numbers and say $1,500 a month, there's 25% of that is more than what the mortgage is for that landlord to pay because that that landlord is taking into account um, possibly 10% for a property management company to manage that rental for them. possibly 5% for vacancy in case they have several months where the home is empty. So they build that in. The renter basically is paying for the house to be empty the next time. Right, right? just in case. 5% is probably being uh, paid towards, um, if anything breaks, you know, Mm -hmm. mechanicals and stuff like that. So maintenance fees. So there's 20% right there that a renter is paying over 
the actual mortgage price, yeah. you're basically covering the, the the landlord's needs. Yeah, I would say you're covering the land. Yeah, the renter is really covering the landlord's what ifs. Yeah. So um, that re- that rent on that three bedroom, two bath, if you were to buy the home, your mortgage would actually be cheaper than what you're renting right now. Um, and a lot of renters don't see that. It's a case of it's a monthly amount. I can afford it. Mm-hmm. It's an easy roof over my head. I've I've met with renters who tell us, "We love renting because if anything breaks, we call the landlord. He fixes it." We don't have to go to Home Depot. We don't have to fix it mm-hmm. if it breaks. We make a call. It's fixed within 72 hours. We're good. And I'm like, well, that's very easy and that's all very well and done. But, like, you could still do that on your own home if you had, like, a home warranty or something like that. I was that. just going to say, yeah, you, know? you get a home warranty to cover your, you know, your major systems. Yeah. And then you talk to your agent and get yourself, if you're, some people are just, they can't do home and home repairs. Get yourself a handyman, mm-hmm. somebody that your agent will have somebody they know and trust and can send to you. And those few things that break here and there, hiring a handyman, you're still going to save money over renting. Absolutely. If we look at, if you look at the numbers in, in gap wealth and in net worth, and so what net worth basically means, if you were to boil down all the money in your mm-hmm. piggy bank, all the change down the back of your sofa, everything that you owned, if you boiled all that down and liquidated it, how much cash would you have at the end? These numbers are astounding. Shocking, really. For a renter in 2019, the average household net worth was $6,200, $6,270 to be precise. For the average homeowner, $254,900, right? $254,900 for the average homeowner, $6,270 for the renter. That is a massive spread, a massive mm-hmm. spread. $249,000 spread, $248,000 spread, actually. That's crazy. It's crazy and it's scary. It is scary. I mean, a renter gets derailed a little bit, gets sick for a while, has, mm-hmm. you know, car exit, something happens, one little thing happens and you get derailed off of something being a $6,000 bill. Your money is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, something happens to a homeowner, you know, whatever it might be, they have choices, they have options. Yeah. Um, they've got ways to pull money and not have to panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, if you are a renter and, and trust us, we understand reasonings why mm-hmm. you may be a renter um, and that's okay. I, I, you know, I've been a renter. You've right. been a renter. Like, we've Absolutely. all been renters at some point, whether it's mm-hmm. an apartment, a home, whatever it is. As a renter, you will never, ever, ever see a return on your money of the rent that you pay every month. You right. just won't. No, you won't. And quite honestly, you're paying somebody rent. They're cashing that money. They're, they are making money off of you. And quite honestly, they could give you a 30-day notice tomorrow and tell you to get out. They could. I mean, you know, it's it's there's so much uncertainty there. Yeah, you, you are know? paying for somebody else's asset. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. So back in 2011, 2012, and 13, when I was first in the U.S., I was doing a lot of foreclosures. Mm-hmm. I was working with banks on foreclosing homes. There were renters who were paying their rent check to their landlord. That landlord wasn't paying the mortgage. He was no. He was just pocketing, pocketing that. It. So they would get foreclosed on, and next thing you know, there's a knock on the door by this guy, six foot two, bald British guy, saying, "Hey, your home's been foreclosed on." They had no idea, I bet you made and a lot they've of still got the check stub saying, "Look, here's our rent for the last six months, paid, 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 paid." paid. And the landlord's literally just putting that into the bank account, and not paying the mortgage. You know, so yeah. you are very, very vulnerable as a renter. And you always will be. And you yeah. will not, as I, I can't say this enough, you will never see a return on your money that you pay on a rental. 
to me, that's the big thing. And like you said, there there's reason, like if you've just moved somewhere, if you're transitioning, you know, there's all sorts of reasons to rent. Um, but I think everybody in the long term needs to figure out at what point am I going to buy? Yeah. And working towards that, figuring out the plan. If that's not for three years or five years, then it is what it is. But, you know, get that plan in place so that you start gaining equity building assets. Yeah. So I, I think that's such a, I think that is such a good, good point. Whether if you are a renter right now and you think you are years away from owning a home, now is the time to connect with a realtor like Jill or a realtor like myself. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't put that plan on paper, it's just a dream. And a dream doesn't come to anything. But as soon as you take that dream and you put it onto paper, it becomes a plan. And from a plan, you can have a goal. And from that goal becomes a reality. So sit down with an agent wherever you are, figure out a plan, meet with a lender, look at your numbers and build a financial plan to become a homeowner and stop making somebody else rich. Well, and I think the other thing to mention to people that is intimidating, I do think people figure, you know, I call an agent or I call a lender and they're going to expect me to buy right away. They're going to force me to do something. Any good agent or any good lender is going to listen to your scenario, listen to your concerns, help you create a plan that you are comfortable with, and help you work towards that goal. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a conversation with somebody this morning. He wants a house, but now is not the right time. He needs to wait a little bit. That's fine. I don't mind. You know, I'll be there with him. We'll keep an eye on things, and we'll be ready to move when, when he's, he's ready. ready. Yeah. You know, any good agent is going to do that. There's not going to be pressure. Yeah, no, it's so true. So there we go, my friends. If you are a renter, reach out to a realtor. If you're here in Tucson, you can reach out to Jill and myself. If you're in any other state or city and you don't know who to reach out to, reach out to us. We will connect you. doesn't matter where you are. And just bottom line, owning a home will provide one of the strongest foundations for building individual wealth and a lasting financial security for yourself, for your family and your loved ones. So great episode, Jill. I think we smashed it. Great job. I think so. Um, Episode 50, 50 episodes of this podcast, which is bananas. That's just crazy. Um, Guys, if you want to, go back and listen to some of the other ones. We've talked about investing. We've talked about buying 101, selling 101, the market, the rates. There's 50 great episodes of this podcast to go listen to. And until episode 51, we'll see you later. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.